Hello, Bestie. Happy Book Club Day. Welcome to the Best Friend Book Club podcast. I am so happy you made it. I'm your host, Sarah Anna. And I'm Donna. And today today we're diving into part three, Valkyrie from A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mass. Here is your spoiler warning. Thank you so much for stopping by. However, if you have not read this book, please turn back now. Unless you're okay with it being spoiled. In that case, welcome. Grab a seat. Nice little beverage. We're going to hang out. If you want to see the video version of this podcast, you can find it on YouTube on the Best Friend Book Club podcast channel. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And wherever you're listening, make sure to follow and rate and share it with your friends. So let's jump in. Oh, yeah. Start off. um, We're going to start off with page 520, where Nesta says, I think I might be glad Feyre did this for me. The drinking, the males, I don't miss any of it. But the music, that I miss. So I was surprised that Nesta even admitted that she was happy that Feyre made her go up to the House of Wind. I agree. I think it's honestly insane to see how much growth she's gone through in this, like, honestly, a short amount of time. Like, it's been a couple months, but still, like, that's pretty quick to just be from going from kind of, like, living this very loose life of drinking all the time and sleeping with guys. Um to being like, you know what, I like this structure of living in this house and I train and, you know, I do my meditations and all this stuff. Like, it's such a 180. And I love it. And she has her own little friend group. Like, she's thriving. No, she really is. I love it, too, because it's like, Feyre, like, very much has her people and her, like, court. And Mm -hmm. Elaine's, like, kind of fits into that in a way. But I think Nesta never really felt like she could a lot because of, like, the animosity that was going on. Yeah. And also because, I'm going to be honest, I love Nesta in this last book, but she's, like, a little bit unbearable in all the other books. Um, in every other book. <laughs> in every other single book, she's unbearable. Um, so I wouldn't really want to be around her either, and I would also kind of ostracize her. Uh-huh. Um, so it makes sense that she, like, branched out on her own and found her own people that, like, kind of know her with, like, a fresh face. Yeah. in a way, and don't have any, like, preconceived notions about her. Exactly. And so she says that she misses the music so much, and so she decides to go to service with Gwen. And I just love seeing her do normal people things. Like I, That is my favorite thing about the this series in particular, is Sarah J. Maas does have, like, moments where they're just literally, like, eating dinner. Yeah. It's like not everything has to be something. Sometimes they can just sit there and vibe. Yeah, exactly. I I just like that it, Nesta's just one of the girlies. She reads smut. <laughs> she, she likes music. Like, I don't know. She just feels like just somebody that's easier to relate to instead of this, like, I feel like she's easier to relate to than Feyre. Just because I felt like Feyre is just, like, constantly getting, like, put into these situations where, like, she can't really do anything about it. You know what I mean? Like, Feyre is being constantly put in these, like, life or death situations. And Nesta's just like, I'm training with a super hot bat boy. (laughs) I'm reading smut. And I'm hanging out with my friends. I love it. I think that that's so true. I think that Nesta is a more relatable character in that way. I think most of it has to do from, like, Feyre's character just being put as, like, she was created to be, like, the fight or flight character. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which is, like, a common trope in, like, a lot of fantasy books, especially the main character, where they're constantly, like, I am just surviving. I don't – I'm not thriving. 
Mm-hmm. So unfortunately with that, a lot of the times those characters are put in those situations where it's like, that's all they're doing is just trying exactly. to survive, trying to beat this new war. But Nesta's character was from the beginning put as like the older sister who like just vibes and like <laughs> complains to the younger sister who's literally like throwing her back out, trying to like keep them alive. <laughs> um, so she's definitely more relatable because she's just had more of like a normal-ish life. Exactly. She didn't have to do any of that. Exactly. She just was making sure that Elaine didn't starve. That's that's exactly. all she was really doing. So she's able to figure out that the harp from the Dread Trove is beneath the prison. I'm assuming that this harp can be used to travel across dimensions because they mentioned that there's 26 dimensions and 26 strings on the harp. I have not read anything else by Sarah J. Mass. I've only read A Court of Thrones and Roses, so I don't know. Yeah. Same. Like, I don't have any, like, grand theories. It's just, like, that just lines up too conveniently. I would agree. And there is a lot of fan speculation that, like, the worlds in her other books are gonna, like, cross over with this world, too. Mm-hmm. So I think that would make sense, especially because I don't think the harp doesn't get destroyed at the end of this book, correct? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So I feel like maybe that'll come into play in future books or in future books in her other series. Again, I haven't read her other series either because it's like 20 books and it's a lot of fun commitment. Not 20 um, books. It feels like 20 books. She's always releasing it. You know what? I'm going to pick a bone real quick and then we'll go back to like talking about this, this finishing this book. My bone to pick is that Sarah J. Mass can come out with a Crescent City book every like three months. And yet I want another, <laughs> I want another of this series. And where is it? SJM. Where is yeah. it? Yeah. Um, that's my qualm. Anywho. <laughs> I can't really, because I haven't read Crescent City. So I'm sure the people who have read Crescent City are like, I cannot wait for the third one. But as someone who has not read it, I'm more focused on, I want another Akatar book. Like I, exactly. I need more of this world. But I feel like that itch could be scratched by just reading Crescent City and Throne of Glass. I'm sure, but it's so. just annoying. Like, she always comes out with all these follow-up books to those series, but not this one, and I like this one. <laughs> I think it comes out, I think they said 2025. Girl. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> SJM, get behind the typewriter. I need it now. <laughs> get to work. Get We're to all work. waiting patiently. <laughs> okay, back to the book. Yes. So, uh, Cassie and Anesta make it to the prison. And Nesta's getting ready to go into the chamber where she sees the harp when she was scrying. And so Cassian says, you lead, I'll follow. And Nesta is insisting on going in by herself because she's like, well, you don't know if there's a trap or like if only I can go get it because, you know, like calls to like, they keep saying like calls to like over and over again. Mm -hmm. But she's basically just like, maybe I won't set off the trap, but you will. And then he says, and then Cassian says, I can't risk you this man has my whole heart i will do anything for this man this book i absolutely love and i love the other agatar books for this reason because it's always the man falls in love first and i don't know something about that hard and hard and hard some some may say harder than the girl ever follows that's just you know anyhow um but i love that trope (laughs) i love that trope i love the man falling in love first and i love him being like way like he's super into it Mm -hmm. i mean she can love him too but i just feel like the vibe is stronger on one end um 
And so I just love that energy. It's, he said, I can't risk you. I was like, no, you can't. You cannot risk her. Like, I, oh, I love him so much. So she's able to get the harp. I don't remember if he goes in with her. I think he does. I think so too. And so she's able to get the harp. And then she reveals that she named the sword that she made Ataraxia, mm-hmm. which is just unexplained for this entire part. Like, it's not explained until, like, the middle of part four. So that's all we get to know for now. Yeah. And as they're walking out, Nesta says that Gwen and Emery are my friends. I think you might be too Cassian. And he says, I've always been your friend, Nesta. Always. Again, little shot to the heart. I'm like, yes. He's always been her friend. Like, little... Oh, I love it so much. So cute. And then, of course, there can never be a nice moment in this universe. Like, it's like things are going great and you already know something bad's about to happen. No, literally. There's no, no peace. No, literally they do not. (laughs) So they come across the door to Lanthus's cell and it's open after, in a different part, Cassian went on this whole long thing about how Lanthus is like the greatest beast he's ever fought and I was like oh no no. oh no like, Literally. this is not and gonna like, end well I was like it's, isn't it like one of the only like like demons or like monsters or whatever that like Cassian's genuinely like scared yes of? yes yeah Cassian lord of bloodshed is shaking in his boots because of this thing so I'm like uh this is going to be a problem. <laughs> um, something's going to happen here and I don't like it. The amount of times they talk about Cassian dying in this series scares me so bad. No, like, it's too much. I, I could not handle this when they happened to him. Like, I, I really don't think I'd be able to get out of bed. I feel like they mention him dying so much to distract you from, like, who actually ends up dying. Maybe. In the last book, they mentioned him dying so many times, and then Rhysand was the one who died, and there was no mention of that. No one saw that coming. Yeah, they'd never, they never, like, dropped hints that it was going to be Reese. Yeah. They dropped way too many for Cassian, and then she was like, hmm, just kidding. (laughs) It's not Cassian. That's that's my thoughts, is that it's used as to divert from what's really going on. Yeah. And that makes sense. That makes sense. So then at the start of chapter 54, it says that Cassian saw the door open to the cell and he knew two things. First and most obvious was he was about to die. And I was like, dang, not this again. And second was that he would do anything in the world to prevent Nesta from meeting the same fate. (sighs) Come on. Like how, how is Cassian not everybody's favorite character? I'm no, sorry. He is just, uh, I just love him so much. Like, he's like, I'm going to die, but that's okay. But she can't. Exactly. He's like, I don't care what happens to me. I just care about what happens to her. No, literally. Does it get better than that? I think not. Mm-hmm. So then Lanthus is talking to them. And he says, based upon scent alone, I would say that you two are... And then gets cut off by Cassie. And Cassie's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> time oh, out. Time out. Hey, I was like, 
I was sitting there like, is he really, is he really not going to say it? Because I thought he was going to get cut off. And then later he comes back and is like, oh. Like the cereal. Yes. Yes, exactly. I was like, oh, he's just going to come out and say it. Nope. Nope. Like, very suspicious. Like, what do they Mm. smell like? Hmm? Best pals? I don't think so. (laughs) Just a couple of besties. (laughs) Yes. So then, basically, Cassian's sacrificing himself. He tells Nesta to run. And it says, Cassian prayed Nesta made it out of the gates before he died. So he he has really, like, just chosen his path. He's like, this is what's going to happen to me, but I just hope nothing bad happens to Nesta. I I love him. I'm going to say it a million and one times, especially like this part and the next part. I love him. He's amazing. I agree. Like he literally is just like, you know what? If I die, like I made my peace with it. Then he also like prays that she makes that before he dies. So like for sure, like he's diverted this guy enough. And it was for something. And he's not just dying for no reason to have Nesta die with him. Exactly. And so as Nesta's running away, She's putting the pieces together that the 26 strings on the harp align with the 26 dimensions that Gwen was talking about. Mm-hmm. So she decides to use the harp. And this is because I think at this point she realizes that there's like uh, autumn court soldiers like coming down the path, I guess, is the word mm-hmm. that we'll use. There's autumn court soldiers coming this way. And then Cassian and Lanthus are back over here. And she's like, "Uh, okay, I'll go back to Cassian. Yeah. You've convinced me. So, some fancy teamwork it's, and some diversion. They're able to, like, direct Lanthus's attention to Nesta while Cassian kills Lanthus. Yeah. Um, on page 549, it says, And his eyes were so fixed upon the glowing blade that he didn't spare a sideways glance to Cassian, did not see the dagger drawn, the one Cassian threw with impeccable aim. So I was like, oh, yes. Little teamwork, little power couple situation. I'm not mad at it. I guess they're smelling a little more like not besties. Something more than besties. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I was so glad that Nesta went back because I was like, what else is she going to do? No, literally. Is like, she really going to just go? Imagine he just like died right then and there. What would the rest of the book been? I wouldn't know. I would have literally just closed it and been done with it because there's no way. No way. I couldn't do it. No. No. No, no, no. Hard pass. I don't even want to think about a world that exists like that. So then she plucks another string on the harp and she's like thinking that she wants to go to the river house. So they end up at the river house. And Nesta says into Feyre's mind when she gets there, I spoke in anger and I'm sorry. And Pharaoh says, I forgive you. And I was like, this is what we needed. Mm-hmm. It's a sweet sister moment. I like when they have sweet sister moments and they don't like absolutely hate each other. It's so yeah. nice to see them act like normal people. I know. It's so crazy. Especially everything that Pharaoh is going on and going through in this book. Like, I know she's very much a side character in this book, which is totally fine. This needs to be Nessa's moment. Oh, yeah. But I feel like they'd be glazing over the fact that she's probably going to die. Yeah. They... Okay, question. How do you feel towards Reese 
I this point. I hate him with this book. Yes. I, Thank you. I here's the thing is I absolutely love him as a character. I've loved him in all these books. Um, I don't like him in this book. I don't like him in this book at all. Like he just makes me so upset. Ever and the there's not a lot of moments with him in this book, which is fine. Um, there doesn't need to be, but like the moments we do have, I'm like, I am tired and I hate it here. I don't want to do this. Yeah. It just, I fell out of love with him. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to pretend this is a completely different person and not the same man I fell in love with two books ago. No, literally they need to, um, somebody needs to have an intervention and be like, best you need to get it together. Cause this is not it. They had an intervention for Nesta. They need to do the same for Reese. And yep. And I stand by that. I kind of feel like indifferent towards Feyre at this point. Yeah, I think Feyre, yeah, Feyre being part of this book is just to further the plot. Like her being pregnant is just to have like another plot point. I don't think that she really contributes anything to the story outside of being pregnant. No, I agree. And just like being as a sister and like them kind of finally having like a better relationship. I think that would be like the only contributing points in my head. And then recent doesn't really like have not in this or is this the book is this the book where they um try to convince him to be like the highest lord that was in i think that was in the last part where they were like yeah part two they were like oh you know you could be high king and i was like guys come on like he's already the most powerful high lord i really don't need to see him as king of prithian because his time came and went the first three books were centered around you and now it's not your time anymore and i feel like it's just like trying to make him relevant and there's no way they mentioned him being high king and it not happening later on yeah that's definitely you know what i mean the next book or two which is fine but like i don't know just have him retire or something i don't know i don't know i have nothing against him and pharaoh's book like their like storyline, but I think their storyline like can take a backseat. Totally, like it totally can just. I be, think be in the background and not contribute anything to the rest of it, and I, I would think, be fine. Yeah, I think SJM is very much fleshed out their entire story yeah. and what's going on. That I don't think anything else needs to be added to it. Well, especially think, now that they have a kid. Yeah, I think it could. They can take a side be put off to the side. I need more Cassie and I need more Ezra. I need more Nesta. I need more Elaine. I need more of these characters that I literally have nothing about or almost yeah. nothing. And I feel like because Feyre and well it happens in part four. I'll get to it later then. Okay. I, won't, I won't get into it right now. So back to this one. So the inner circle starts plotting on how to get back in Eris's good graces and I think this is after Tamlin caught them in the spring court. So Eris is kind of a little freaked out. He's like, mm-hmm. Tamlin could basically tell on me and my dad's going to kill me. Yeah. So they want to like keep the alliance strong and they want Nesta to dance with him. And all I'm thinking is how good of a, na- how good of a dancer is Nesta? Because <laughs> the way that Eris responds after this, crazy but we'll get to we'll get to in a second so So cassian's like you're not gonna use nesta and reese basically says elaine talked about 
Nesta's dancing skills and is saying that uh, she doesn't have to do anything she doesn't want to. So Reese does give her the choice here, which I was like, finally, they're not forcing Nesta to do something. Our back to our normal Reese. Yes. Yes. A little glimpse of past Reese. And so he's leaving the choice up to her. I love that. Yeah. And then Cassian says, over my dead fucking body. It's so fair. And the fact that he says that, then Nesta's like, you know what? I'll do it. I'm like, Nesta. <laughs> I love her for that, though. She's so real for that. That would have been me. I would have been like, oh, this man's saying not to do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. Yes. I was just like, uh, I love how protective Cassian is, but he should know by now. She's you, tell, you tell her to do something, she's going to do the opposite. No, she's, literally. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't have a copy of the book with me. Um, the reason that they asked Nesta to dance is because she literally took, like, dance lessons when she was a kid, yeah. didn't she? Okay, yeah, so she's, like, yeah. green. She knows, like, well, how to actually, like, dance well. And so when they had money back in the day, yeah. it was um, – she had danced with some high-up guy, and he, would he like, basically proposed to her. Okay. So the scene when Eris is dancing with Nesta and Cassian cuts in is everything I didn't know I needed. And recently, I watched the Barbie movie. Ugh. And <laughs> that beginning disco sequence when Ken comes in, I I couldn't stop thinking about Cassian and Nesta. <laughs> like, that's the only thing I could think about. That's so funny because I so I've also seen the Barbie movie, so I know what scene you're talking about. And I can literally see Cassian doing something like doing like a really awkward dance to like just get to her, just coming like giving <laughs> <laughs> his way in. That's so funny. That's all I could think of. And like nobody that I went with has read the book before. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, no one's gonna get the reference, but I know everybody listening will get the reference if you also watch the Barbie movie. But, and if you haven't, what are you doing? Go watch it right now. Go watch it right this second. Actually, finish this podcast and then go watch it. And then go watch it. Yeah. (laughs) And so Cassian comes up to Eris and he just says, move. Okay. Cassian tells me to move. I'm gone. I am. I'm moving so fast. I'm out of here. So then we find out because then he dances with her. And he's actually a good dancer. And we find out that Moore has been giving Cassian lessons the whole time, which I just thought was so sweet. It was so cute. It was very sweet, but also surprising because Moore has been such a bitch to Nesta this entire time. So the fact that she's like helping Cassian kind of like get with her in a way is very surprising. (sighs) I still don't know how I feel about Moore because like, especially in this book we barely see her and when we do see her she's being mean to nesta and i'm like hey stop being mean to my girly it really (laughs) bothers me so seeing that she did this thing for cassian i think her love for cassian kind of outweighs her hatred for nesta yeah i agree so i don't know what kind of dancing abilities nesta has However, Eris immediately goes to Reese and is like, I will give you whatever you want as long as Nesta can be my wife. Which I was like, excuse me, men? When did when did it become your decision? No. Literally. How is Nesta not involved? And I believe, yes, this is correct in my brain. 
Right. Reese tells him, like, that's up to Nesta. Like, that's not, yes. I'm not a part of that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So I love that he did that. He's like, Bestie, if she wants to marry you, like, that's on her. Yes. But I'm just here. Um, but I think that a lot of him saying that had to do to just get Cassian riled up. I don't think, like, he, oh. like, maybe actually wanted to marry her. I think it was more to just get him riled up because I'm sure he can smell the bond. The bestie bond. The bestie bond. <laughs> he can smell their bestie bond. Uh, yeah. He knows they're the best of friends. I think Eris might be like in some kind of trance and like part of him does want to marry Nesta. Yeah. And a, I think just a bigger part of him wants to piss off Cassian. Agreed. And he can accomplish both those things by asking for Nesta's hand. Exactly. So I love that moment. I was like, maybe Eris is a contender and they're going to like throw Eris in at the last minute as like kind of a love triangle situation, like just to be annoying. But no, it was like almost immediately Nessa's like, no, I'm good. Thanks. So then we have Solstice night. So we have some exchanges between Azriel and Elaine here. Which, okay, really quick. I saw somebody on TikTok. I am so sorry. I do not remember their, their ad. You sent me. About Elaine having two mates? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay so, go. okay. So the theory <laughs> is that Elaine has two mates because Asriel exhibits some mate type behavior towards Elaine. And that mm-hmm. Asriel is Elaine's real mate. However, when Elaine came out of the cauldron, Asriel had the arrow through his chest. So the cauldron recognized him as dying. So picked basically option number two, <laughs> which would be Lucian. The second choice. I love Lucian. But mm. <laughs> for Elaine, for Elaine, I'd rather I'd rather her and Asriel. For Elaine, it needs to be Asriel. I just see it. They're both like the quiet ones, keep to themselves. And he's just, I don't know what it is. Like, I know Asriel's very, like, loving and, like, protective. Like, we've seen him be very protective towards Moore, seen him be very protective towards Feyre. But something about how it is when he's with Elaine feels different. Yes. And so I want to know, why would Sarah J. Mass put all of this effort into these, like, little glances between Asriel and Elaine and just say, never mind Lucian's who she's going to end up with. Yeah. It makes no sense. I swear there needs to be a whole episode on just like the, the theory of who Elaine's mate is because like there's so many points for both sides, but it was just like, basically it would have been Asriel, but he was dying. So then it was Lucian, but now obviously Asriel's not dead. So he's feeling this connection to her She's not feeling the connection to Lucian because he represents like everything she didn't want to be. Yeah. I I don't it was a really good theory. There's like way more to it, but I can't can't remember. If I remember, I'll put it on like my story. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll keep it in like one of the little highlights. Okay. Good. But so on page five ninety seven. So it's basically talking about how, okay, so this is Solstice Night. It mm. says, uh, Elaine explained as they approached the doorway and Asriel, 
Nesta met the shadow singer's stare and he gave her a nod. Then his gaze shifted to Elaine. And though it was utterly neutral, something charged went through it. Oh, something's charged? That's crazy. Did we smell something too? I don't know. It says something charged went through it between them. Elaine's breath caught slightly and she gave him a shallow nod of greeting before brushing past, leading Nesta into the room. I'm going to throw it. I literally wrote, I literally wrote, this whole exchange is suspicious because it is. Hear me out. Here, I'm going to throw the most insane theory. Actually, it might not be insane. I'm sure people have thought it. What if this whole time all this stuff is going on and they're doing the hanky panky and no one knows? (laughs) (laughs) I'm being so for real. Honestly. The the stolen glances. They're the two quiet ones. He is literally the shadow singer. Like, Elaine just be vibing and does her little garden. Like, no one's paying her any mind. Uh Uh-huh. I'm telling you, they're doing the nasty and no one knows. Honestly, (laughs) I could see it. I could see, like, the start of the next book. Okay. The start of the next book being like, I don't want to ruin what happens in part four, but I'm assuming if you've listened to this, if you're listening to this, you've read the whole book. Yeah. So let's just say, uh, if you haven't read the last part, skip ahead like a minute, but like the next book is going to open with like the mating ceremony between Cassian and Nesta. Yeah. And it's going to be from Elaine's point of view and it's going to be her and Asriel sneaking around at the wedding. Uh SJM, we wrote the next book for you. We wrote the next book for you. Get on it. We wrote the first (laughs) chapter. You're welcome. You're so welcome, queen. (laughs) Love that though. It has to be perfect. I'm kid you not. The way that they like exchange each other, it seems like it's not just mating bond like interactions. It seems like there's something else there. Oh yeah. Something's something's going down. It's giving it's giving that they're doing it and no one knows. (laughs) So um at bookish.biologist on Instagram said, Elaine is dismissed by everyone, but I think she has a quiet strength, much like Asriel. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think they're both like underrated characters. And I think that them, especially like, I feel like as a unit, if they end up together, would be like power, like powerhouse, like maybe stronger than like, Maybe not favorite race, but like maybe I, stronger than Cassian. Take it back. Take it back. But maybe stronger like them, like as like a unit. Like I feel like the quiet ones are always like the ones that are like the most intense. I'm gonna have to disagree with you. Oh, okay, fair. Only because only because we've seen so little of Elaine. And we know that Azrael is basically like an equal to Cassian. Like they're yeah. equally as powerful. But I don't think Azriel being that powerful makes up for we've seen basically nothing from Elaine other than she's a seer, which you don't see at all in this book. No, you don't. That's why I'm kind of feeling like if when it's there, when it's Elaine's book, that you're just going to see like this complete change. And I just feel like she's going to be this fiery, like, I don't know how to explain it. But I, I, hope, feel like, I hope she has some personality. Like, I feel like that's what's going to happen. Literally anything. Nesta kind of happened the opposite where it's like she was like this crazy fiery like character and now she's like a lot more on the mellow side mm-hmm. so I feel like the opposite is gonna happen with Elaine where she's like this very like quiet like to herself like hello rainbows wonder my garden um and then she's gonna be like this kind of like fiery character that's like don't mess with me like 
I'm tired of everyone thinking that, like, I can't do this. Like, I'm just this quiet, sweet Elaine. Mm-hmm. And she's just going to, like, let all that out. And then Azrael kind of, I like, I can, I can see Azrael being more, like, bodyguard in the background, kind of being like, I'm just love her and I'm going to let her do her own thing. I just, I need, I need the book from Elaine's point of view. Like, I need it yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> I need it literally yesterday. Yes. Back to this one, though. Yes. Back to this one. So, at some point, Moore asks if she can join the girl squad of fighters. And Nessa says yes. But then nothing happens with this. Moore, Moore asks to join. Nessa's like, yeah, of course. And she doesn't show up to a single training. It never I, goes anywhere, which I think is so weird. I think it's just to show that they're not having, like, a friendship. Maybe. I don't think – cause oh, especially because Moore's part of the night court. And so I think she has a lot of responsibilities. Like, I don't think – she can really be making all these practices, especially because in this book, I think in this book, she's always like traveling out and doing she's traveling something. a lot. I want to know what she's up to. I like I want, I need a lane. I need a lane book first. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's first and foremost is what I need. Will SJM yeah. give me that one first? Probably not. Let's be honest. We'll um, probably get a more novella before we get in a lane. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. Um, I like more just fine. I don't care. I don't care. Like, I don't care to know what's going on. Um, I want to know, but not bad enough. No, I need to know. want like, it before Elaine and Azriel. Exactly. That's exactly how I agree. Or I would also love, I know all the books like tend to be more from like the girl's point of view, like the sister's point of yes. view. I would love a book like if it's just from Azriel's point of view. That'd be so fun and fresh. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but I would love that too. I would love that. A girl can dream. A girl can dream. Uh, okay. We find out the gift that Nesta that the gift that Cassian got for Nesta last year and he threw into the Sidra, which if you have not read A Court of Frost and Starlight, doesn't make any sense to you. That doesn't make any sense because you can still gather that he got her a gift and then he threw it in the river. However, we've been spending this entire book wondering what was the gift? Yeah. What was it? It's been eating away at us. Exactly. So we basically find out that it was a tiny book which is like one of the first printed books in existence. And he was like, it was so small. She couldn't read it, but it was more just like, she's a reader and she would enjoy this. And I thought it was so sweet and such a, a thoughtful gift. Like I, I fall in love with him more and more. Like I really can't help it. I think it's so sweet, especially because he knows like she likes reading so much um, that he always like tries to incorporate like books into like kind of their interactions and stuff, especially him like at the beginning of this book, bringing her like the, the art of war in, like, those kind yes. of books that are, like, what he likes, but also something that he thinks, like, she might enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just sweet. I, he's just a little, little teddy bear. Uh-huh. Then we have Lucian bringing a gift for Feyre and one for Elaine. And it says, Elaine, who barely thanked him after opening the pearl earrings. Ma'am, please show him some love. I'm going to disagree. Um, not no. because I'm a Lucian hater, but no, let me explain. Let me explain. No, let me explain. You are a Lucian hater, though. I am a Lucian hater, but it's not, I'm not saying this because I am a Lucian hater. Okay. I'm saying this because, wasn't this, okay, when was, in the novella is when Azrael gave Elaine a, a gift, correct? Or was it this book? Yes, in the novella. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what he gave her. I don't think he got, she got him a gift in I'm the novella. Pre- and she didn't she- get Lucian anything. I thought he gave her something too. I don't remember. Azriel got all of them gifts. 
We can pause I can, and I can look it up. Yes. But, okay. Because like I, I need it for the point that I'm trying to make. <laughs> let me look. Okay, let me look. I'm also going to look this up on, on the line. So after further research, Elaine uh, was not gifted anything by Asriel that we can find. We can only find like fan fictions yeah. of him giving her something, which isn't helpful. I don't remember him giving her anything. I remember her giving him that like powder for his headaches. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember. Yeah, no, her... I don't. Yeah, think he did. the only person Ooh. that got her the gift was Lucian, and I think Feyre might have gotten her something. But Lucian giving her a gift was like a big deal in the last book. Yeah, I'm so upset now. I could have sworn he gave her something. Okay, anywho. I guess so whatever. please please My- talk bad about lucian now because- I, can't. I can't okay I can't. okay what i will say here's what here's the only thing i will say is i feel like he gave her a gift that like isn't really her yeah no okay that's but last year and that's why i thought azrael gave her a gift because i thought azrael gave her a gift that was like more so like something she would actually enjoy but that's the thing because lucian gave her a gift that she would actually enjoy the year before he got her gardening gloves that would like what it was. I thought Azrael did that. I didn't think it was no, Lucian. It was Lucian. <laughs> it was Lucian. So he got her that last year and she was just like, thanks. And then this year she barely thanked him for the pearl earring. So if he's not going to put the same effort in the next time around, if you barely thanked him for the thoughtful gift, I, I wouldn't if I were him. I so um, I just have a bone to pick with uh, Elaine and Lucian. Well, Elaine's doing the hanky fanky with Azrael. So allegedly, 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 supposedly, I need, I need SJM to confirm. <laughs> I'm sure a fan fiction can confirm. So. The same. I need the real deal to confirm. <laughs> so then Cassian's gift for Nesta this year is a symphonia, which I was at first, I was like, okay, so what? But then when they explain what it is and he explains that he went back and went to like her favorite bars and recorded basically like recorded them performing so then she can have this little like thing that plays that music Mm -hmm. my jaw's on the floor like i loved it so so much it was very sweet and so thoughtful yeah it was just so cute so then he explains all the effort that he put into the gift and she's like oh no 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 you can have it back. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. Return it. I don't want it. And she goes into this really long rant about how amazing Cassian is. I don't disagree. And how she doesn't deserve him. And she says, I do not deserve you and I never will. Then they're both crying. <sighs> and then they start canoodling. And I was like, I don't blame them. <laughs> I want to know how this went from... <laughs> I want to know how this went from, here's a gift for you. No, return it. I don't deserve you. Let's both cry. Now they're canoodling. I'm not complaining. It's, you know, it's like falling in love and then the emotions are too much and then gotta, gotta get onto it. I guess so. So then as they're about to do do the deed, Cassian says, you're not going to marry Eris. There, There will be no one else for either of us. And then Nesta says, you're mine. And I'm yours. That hit me in the chest. And then, (laughs) as they're doing the nasty, 
It's described as golden threads shimmering around them. And I'm like, are those golden threads a bond, perhaps? Yep. Bond of besties? (laughs) A little bestie bond with these golden threads? So crazy. Like, Mm. I'll actually, I'll tell you later what okay. it is. Okay. <laughs> but, um, so then on Instagram at creative space for Elizabeth said the spice was perfection, both in quality and quantity. It hurt how perfect it all was. And I could not agree more. I a thousand percent agree. I love the spice in this book. This was the spiciest of all the yes, books. By far. Um, and I loved every second of it. It was lovely i need more spice in the future books yes is gonna be the spiciest hands down he has the biggest wingspan confirmed so confirmed um so we'll see how that goes then after these golden threads form between them cassian wakes up the next morning he's like all right sweetheart i gotta go to the annual snowball I love it. Ness is like, oh, haha, so funny. And he's like, no, I gotta go. <laughs> Which I love. And then Emery, Gwen, and Nesta have a sleepover. Which again, I love seeing them do normal things. I love that scene with them having the sleepover and they get the three bubble, the three baths filled yes. with like bubbles. And they're just acting like little kids. And it's such like a sweet wholesome moment like having this like kind of sleepover like remind me when like I was younger and like I would have sleepovers and like yeah. you know with your friends and you'd make bracelets and you would do all these crafts and like talk about boys and yeah yes and- because at the sleepover Emery's she's like oh yeah like Cassian has the walk I'm like all you all you had to say was he's got BDE we all know we, and we know we and he does no and yes yeah. and he does he has big, big wingspan energy <laughs> yes and so they make these friendship bracelets together and nesta takes the charms for all of their bracelets and she wishes that they'll be able to find their way back to each other as soon as that happened i was like mm, suspicious no suspicious. i was like that's gonna come back later for sure oh yeah nothing ever happens that like does not come back later no nothing is mentioned like that and then not brought back up again so and then while they're having the sleepover nesta realizes that emery and gwen are her chosen family and i just think it's so special i would agree i think it's very sweet like she finally has her own like found family yeah because farah has hers that elaine just kind of gets adopted into Mm -hmm. i guess and nesta isn't really part of that so I just love that Nesta has her own little friend group. I agree. And they're just, they're just cute. It's like a very normal friend group. No, literally. Like, they're not friends because, like, the world's ending and because they need to, like, band together. They're just friends because they, like, met each other and they liked each other. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then they do this obstacle course. And at first it came out of nowhere to me. I was like, why do all of a sudden they just have this obstacle course? It's kind of suspicious. And then they're like, Uh, They are trying for weeks and weeks to pass the course. And then they pass it and um, Cassian and Asriel are like, congratulations, you just passed the blood right for the the qualifier for the blood right. And I was like, this is, I mean, it's very badass that they did that. No, it was. However, 
I was just like, it kind of came out of nowhere to me. It was very out of nowhere, but also like really cool because especially like Cassian got like the officials to kind of look at them doing this Mm -hmm. and come see this. And they were all kind of like, they're a bunch of misogynists. They're like, no way they could finish it. And they all did it. Yeah. I, I love the girl power moment. Uh, However, I was like, why do the qualifying round for the blood right if you're not going to compete? It's because you wouldn't. It's because you wouldn't do it unless you were going to compete. So that'll come back. Mm -hmm. However, in this time, Nesta's really changed since the beginning of the book. So she goes to Amryn and she kneels before her. And this is on page 632. Um... And it says, Nessa fell to one knee and bowed her head. And she said, I am sorry. She says, you gave me kindness and respect and your time. And I treated them like garbage. You told me the truth and I did not want to hear it. I was jealous and scared and too proud to admit it. But losing your friendship is a loss I can't endure. And I was just like, look at Nesta. Like, that was like very sweet. It was super sweet. It was super sweet. And it was just like, it showed how much she has grown as a person. Yeah. So I love yeah. that. And then Amron reveals that Nesta made the house. So the house didn't do all these things before. Oh my and she asks her, um, when you arrived at the house, what did you wish for most? And Nesta says, a friend. Deep down, I wanted a friend. So Nesta made herself a friend on accident. Oh. But now the house is like this friend of hers, which I thought was really cool. That is really cool. And, like, the house literally does, like, whatever she needs kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, the house really came alive and was like, I'm a smut girly, too. (laughs) Me, too. (laughs) So funny. So then, um, at real underscore page turner or Chelsea, um, it's one of my besties. Hi, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. She said her least favorite character is Amarin. And the least favorite scene is that stupid scene where Nesta kneels before her for forgiveness. It irritated me so bad because who the fuck is Amron for our queen Lady Death herself to be kneeling before? Which is a really good point. Like, who is Amron? No, literally, she's just there. But I think it's more just of a, like, Nesta's, like, trying to make things right. Exactly. And knowing Amron's personality, I think the way to do that is exactly how Nesta did it. I would agree. And I think it was done great. And I think that I don't think it could have been done another way. No. Because Amran, although she's not this like super powerful being anymore, she still acts like it. She still acts like you know, whatever it was that she was before. Exactly. So I liked it. I do. I, I get it because Nesta's like I, at this point, Nesta's more powerful than Amran, so why is Nesta kneeling before Amran? But I also like the little like spiel that she goes into yeah, as she's kneeling. Her finally realizing, like, I messed up real bad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, this this scene right here. This scene right here. Okay. It hurts my heart every time, but here we go. So this starts on page 640 and Nesta and Cassian are talking and Nesta says, does it undermine my image as a warrior to be with you? Like to be with Cassian. Mm -hmm. And he says, no. Does it undermine Feyre's when she's with Reese? 
Okay. So we're already like mm-hmm. establishing that like, no, you can still be your own person, but be in a relationship now. So that's normal. Yeah. And she's like, no, it's different for them. And he's like, why? And she says, because they're mates. And he responds with, and we're not. <gasps> oh my God. No, but like, honestly, Nessa, are you dumb? <laughs> I'm sorry, girl. She's like, for being so smart and have grown so much. Are you stupid? Is your head in the sand? Yeah. Like, ma'am, obviously you guys are mates. Put <laughs> two and two together. Please, for the love of God, like, just, just admit it so we can move on. Exactly. I don't... I think she just didn't want it to be true. Yeah. Because that makes her fully fay by having a mate. And I don't know if she's, like, completely accepted that at this point. I... I think it's partly that and also partly like she still is afraid of like letting people in and having these people yes. because last time like anyone knew that she had people that she cared about, it was used against her. Exactly. So he's basically saying that he's known since the moment that they've met. Mm-hmm. So she ain't too happy about that. <laughs> she ain't too happy about the fact that he knew he says, you are my mate. Why are you still fighting it? And then she says nothing. And then he says, you promised me forever on solstice. Why is one word somehow throwing you off that? Which is so true. She was like, yeah. I'm yours and you're mine. And like, we're going to be together forever. But throw the word mate in there. Nope. Game over. <laughs> Just no, kidding. No, no. I didn't actually mean that. Actually, that's so crazy that you said that. Like, I don't No, 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 no. <laughs> exactly and then she says because with that one word the last scrap of my humanity goes away so it makes sense that like she's still trying to hold on to that part of her yeah so i just i feel so bad for her and then and then i feel bad for her and then i get very angry at her because her solution she's like i'm calling in my favor i was like oh no of course it was gonna be like a negative thing like it, the favor wasn't gonna be oh i dare you to kiss me no yeah. it was the favor is i want you to leave go up to the house of wind for the night do not speak to me until i come to talk to you or until a week has passed whichever comes first i don't care yeah she just needs a minute to process <sighs> bro why'd you do that yeah and i was just i was very very upset because I was like this is but then it's also the same thing that Feyre did Feyre found out they were mates and she was like uh back up do not talk to me you stay over there yeah so it makes like when they do see each other that much better however Nesta has to have known this whole time I think I don't know here's the thing I think us as the readers we understand like you need to like just understand yes you are Faye and like obviously you're having this kind of like intense feelings toward this man that feel like different than the ones you've had as a human but it's hard to put yourself in the place of the character that like all their life they've only known i'm human and like we fall in love this way no one is meant for us other than like cosmically thinking that maybe someone is meant for us yeah but to be like turned into a different type of I don't, I guess, character, person, whatever, being, into yeah. this other species where, like, there is this universal being 
or whatever god whatever you want to call it the cauldron that like from the beginning of birth is like oh no you and you together yeah no no explanation match made together you just together Mm -hmm. like no explanation nothing like so I guess it's hard to like admit and like stray away from like oh no I just saw this cute boy and like he looked at me and smiled and now I have a crush on him and then we talked and then we fell in love and then blah blah blah. this is like instant like we just feel like we're meant to be yeah and Ness is like I don't do insta love no (laughs) Ness is like that's not happening over here you're like I she's like I like you a lot and I think I want that but I'm scared yeah exactly so I just I just wanted her to be like, yes, we are mates. So what? Yeah. But that's too simple. Then the book would end there. That is far too simple. So then Cassian leaves. Um, and I think, okay, so it says Nesta remained on the quay as her spine tingled and she knew her tattoo had vanished. Because I've seen fan art of mm-hmm. Nesta and Cassian like after this book. Where, where one of them has a tattoo and I'm like no the, the tattoo went away yeah the bargain was completed tattoo gone yeah. so it's just something that like bothers me a little bit it's so stupid but mm-hmm. I'm like she shouldn't have that tattoo she shouldn't sure so then Nesta spends some time with Emery and Gwen and she as she's going to sleep she's like the next morning I'll tell Cassian everything yeah I'm sure you will mm. so <laughs> that'd be too easy then uh, Chelsea again said um, that her favorite scene that isn't Nesta and Cassian is when Gwen shows up at Emery's and uh, for Nesta and they had a little impromptu sleep- sleepover. It felt so normal and wholesome. And I just love the friendship between the three of them, which yeah. I completely agree with. Like that's the first time that um, Gwen is leaving the library to go further than the training ring. Yeah. Which I was just like, I love that. Yeah, and she shows up and she's like, I thought you needed us. And I was like, oh, so That's cute. Fun. Yes. So then as she's asleep and then wakes up to a male scent. And, and <laughs> I think she hears like screaming in the background. And then it says darkness swept in and she was gone. I was like, oh, no. Nesta, you know, this wouldn't happen. This wouldn't have happened if you were just like, oh, great, we're mates. Let's go back up to the House of Wind. Yeah, but of course not. No, because that makes too much sense. No, that'd be too easy. Yeah. So then we go back to Cassian's point of view. And he says that Nessa needs to get better at phrasing her rules. Because the way that she said it, that he only needed to stay at the House of Wind for the night. And then he could go find her and get her to talk to him and then... Then he's off the hook, basically. Yeah. So he points out, he says the mating bond had been like so much gold thread between their souls. So confirmed gold threads equal mating bond. Yeah. Um, then they find, oh, then they go to, I think, Emery's apartment house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they figure out that Nesta, Emery, and Gwen are missing. Yeah. And that the blood rite has started. <sighs> when I read this the first time, <laughs> I was like, really? Is this what we're doing? No, literally. When I read that, I was literally like, 
what is going on? I thought they all were like, actually, no, I don't really want to do that. But like, thanks for letting us try to qualify for it. Yeah. And I also knew that Feyre being pregnant was going to be like a big plot point. Mm-hmm. And like the baby having wings, is it's going to be a big problem for them. So I assumed yeah. that was going to be the main conflict that happened at the end yeah. of the book. Nope, that'd be too easy. So this happens and I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Literally, it's crazy. And then the next couple scenes of them like in the right and I'm assuming part four yeah. um, were absolutely insane. I I loved it. No, oh, no I, I loved definitely it. felt like I needed it. Because if the only conflict was Feyre being pregnant, then it's like, what has Nesta been training this whole time for? Exactly. Like, what is her, like, actual purpose of this book? Yeah. Outside of helping Feyre. Like, yeah, exactly. So I, at first was like, seriously, is this what we're doing? But after reading it, I was like, oh yeah, this is what we're doing right here. It made a thousand percent sense. This is the stuff right here. So then... Uh, Devlin, which is like the one of the Illyrians, like one of the Illyrian generals, um, he confirms that the right started, and that's how they were able to winnow into Emery's apartment and grab them all. Yeah. And so at Jess.abook on Instagram, also one of my besties. Hi, Jesse. That's um she says the captain guy of the Illyrians, he pisses me off. <laughs> like, I could not agree more. <laughs> God, he's he makes me so angry every time he comes around i'm like this guy again no literally he's just awful yeah so i'm excited to get into what happens at the right but at this point it was more just like i feel like this section of the book was kind of just like an in-between of all of the action happening in part two and all of the ha- action happening in part four. Not that mm-hmm. nothing happened, but it just felt like kind of like a bridge between the two. Yeah. I would agree. So that wraps up part three, Valkyrie of A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mass. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having me. Where can the people find you? Um, you can follow me on my Instagram, donatella.arb, or on my TikTok, donatella.arb, which I don't post on either one. But if you want to follow, go ahead. <laughs> I stopped posting on TikTok. I was like, this is too much. Just Instagram yeah. is is where you can find up-to-date information on what I will be doing. So make sure to check out bestfriend.bookclub on Instagram. You can also find the video podcast on the Best Friend Book Club podcast YouTube channel. And... um. Yeah, next week will be part four, Ataraxia from A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mass. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Little clean wave for you. Bye. <laughs>